0: If I can get a wisdom tooth out, four full bony wisdom teeth out in 10 minutes, right? and it looks heavy-handed, maybe because I'm working fast, but the quality
1: is the same. Does it matter? Does it matter? Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community the educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry and that's what i do here on the show so hold on to your suction it's about to get slippery here on the tooth or dare podcast another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast peep with your peep Irene. Yes, I can't wait. Live (laughs) in living color. Where am I? I am in Seattle, Washington. Close to. Close to.
0: I mean, people from Seattle will say, where are you from? You could be from Washington State, but you're saying Seattle. People don't say Washington.
1: I'm interviewing someone who I haven't introduced yet who's already just so excited.
0: (laughs) We're (laughs) in, I think we're in Kent. Johnson. Kent, Washington.
1: Uh, we are in Kent as per the address to this lovely golf course in a gated community that almost didn't let my Uber driver in. Really? Yeah. You had to like roll down the back window.
0: And you had to say, going to like, the country club. We're going to the country
1: club. And they were like, oh, okay. All right. They saw him and they're like, are you an Uber driver? He's like, yes. Anywho, it's a very nice community. I got to, to hang out with your peeps today.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Thanks Just, for coming out.
1: Thank you. You run a really cool like study club for the local hygienists that right. refer to your practice, which is uh, we'll get into that at the end. But that's what I've been doing here. This is the second time that I came back. Correct. Part two of my lecture. First lecture was about bacteria, and I think it was called bacteria gone wild. I think that that went over many people's heads. There's so many people that don't remember the <laughs> girls gone wild. TV shows? Do you do you remember those, or does that go over your head? No, too? No, I
0: remember because those came out in high school. Yeah,
1: and, you know, so I never that, watched so that, any of them, but right,
0: I knew what they were. Of course not. Did it? No, I didn't. No. I never watched any of them.
1: Let's hear a good man, yeah. good human, I try to be moral. Yeah, uh, and then it was that—that was, that was the title of it. But then the, today was um, the implant checklist, which we'll talk about some implant stuff. First, let's talk about you. Sure. I only know. No one you. likes talking
0: about themselves though. I know. So I will ask questions.
1: You have uh, to ask take me questions. back to the beginning of time. What was birth like? <laughs> where'd you where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school?
0: I was the product of a C section. Okay. Because there's two of us. You're of a twin? Yeah, I have a twin Stop. sister. Stop. Yeah.
1: There's another one of you out there.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. There's two of us. Okay. And don't ask me if we're identical because that's Impossible.
1: It's not possible. Yeah. I'm a boy and she's a Someone girl. else has asked you if you were, we're an not, identical boy.
0: I, I think I had a medical doctor ask me if I was Stop. identical. Stop. I was like, where did you go to medical school?
1: Taquila, Washington.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Here? <laughs> C- 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 Airport. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So
0: uh, she was born, breath- breathed her first <laughs> life of You're air. That's doc- so. right? <laughs> Actually, I'm a dental specialist. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> and uh, she,
0: she beat me into this earth by 30 seconds So she's held that over my head since birth
1: I feel like that's a requirement when you're a twin
0: Yeah, so basically I've had this inferiority complex my entire life And so yeah. I've always just
1: she Maybe that's giving she me that physician? extra
0: effort I've needed Is she a
1: physician? No, she's oh. an artist Okay
0: She sells these really cool paintings
1: Cool What kind of painting? And there's
0: flowers and animals and some of them are abstract Does she sell them online? She sells them online. Yes,
1: we're gonna plug her. And Let's she, plug
0: her. Uh, Jenny Vorwaller. Look her up.
1: Jenny Vorwaller.
0: J E N N Y. Last name Vorwaller. the Description. Yeah. Cool. Has an Instagram. She has local shows and that's cool stuff in Seattle.
1: Artists have a very interesting brain.
0: Yes, I would definitely say she's more left brain. Yeah, I think left is more artsy and right is more scientific. Is that right? right? Or do I have it the opposite way? I think
1: it's the other way around.
0: Maybe it's the opposite. I don't know.
1: Which is <laughs> we're gonna like look old. it up right here. Which um so are you not artistic at all?
0: Uh no, I do believe I'm actually artistic because you have to be. You kind of have to be in dentistry.
1: Right brain um, function is associated with creativity, emotion, intuition, and spatial yeah, so ability. So I had it opposite. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah. So she's that's more such a, right that's brain. Such a, than that's such a left brain thing to do. I think I'm
0: a little bit of both, though.
1: You have to be. I think in dentistry you have to be a little creative.
0: Well, and you need the, the eye to, you know, to make teeth look good. Yeah. Or to make implants go in straight. Or the spatial awareness to drill out a wisdom tooth, which is yeah. what I do. And to look at someone's face and form and function and say, hey, where should I reposition your, your yeah. bones and your bite to... Make Especially you- when
1: you're not the one restoring. I feel like... Yeah can get into that after because that that was like one big point that i made today is that you're at a disadvantage like you really are at such a disadvantage as the person putting something in and not knowing i don't want to give that whole point away now but tell me more about your sister so you're one of how many
0: there's five of us
1: a lot of people yeah and you were wearing the we had
0: to fight for food all the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) where Uh, are you the oldest you're the oldest the
0: second well but going back to my previous point, I'm the second oldest.
1: Oh, right. Second oldest. Got yeah. it. And then you grew up here?
0: Grew up in. Well, I followed my dad and mom around while he finished re- dental school and residency.
1: Oh, you're a dental legacy baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Silver spoon in my mouth. Oh, come on. Never five, had to work a hard day kids. in my life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that, that silver spoon got uh,
0: no, spread we moved, out. A lot. We finished. He finished his residency in 1990. We moved here in, to Washington State and. That's where I grew up.
1: That's cool. From like
0: 10 years old until... Where'd you go to dental school? Temple in Philadelphia.
1: Fan? Not a fan? Thoughts? Um, Would you recommend that school to people now?
0: You know when you're getting service at a restaurant and the waiter gives you really good service, you're going to tip them. Yeah. Um, You pay for the food. Yeah. So I paid for my dental school tuition. That's the food. Yeah. Temple then... Asks me for donations on a yearly basis, and that I—that's what I would consider the tip because I've already paid for the the food and the service. Why do they
1: like legacy, Like, why would they ask you for donations?
0: Uh, this sometimes dental schools ask for donations, or okay. I never tip my dental school. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I think dental some dental schools like really want you to be part of the community and help you out, yeah. and they want you to learn. And you know, there's there's certain people in the programs that want you to grow and learn. But I think overall dental schools just make it difficult for at least they made it difficult for a lot of us.
1: I've interviewed a lot of dentists on the podcast and none of them had great things to say about their schools, including like I interviewed a dentist, uh, recently Dr. Joyce Kahn who went to Mm -hmm. California whatever, something, something. What's up, Joyce? Joyce. Uh, I know Joyce. Also had nothing but not good things to say about like the preparation.
0: Yeah, maybe that's looking at the glass.
1: And you you're empty, looking at it but... now, like would you have said that same thing like a couple of years out of school or has it just solidified how much more you now know than you did when you left?
0: I think there's a better way to go about it. You know, when, when people or when your faculty know that you've maybe you've matched into a specialty program and then they, they're trying to bust your chops on finishing that last endo. It's like, I'm never going to do an endo again. I'm probably not. Did you know
1: you were never going to do an endo? You wanted to uh, go into I, oral surgery?
0: I entered dental school with the goal of becoming an oral surgeon. Yeah. You know, I don't think I was a gunner type, like cutthroat. I like to share notes and make notes and email them to the class and stuff. But that was always my goal. But I loved dentistry enough that if that didn't work out, I was perfectly happy being a a general dentist or maybe find another specialty with the exception of maybe endo, <laughs> no offense to my <laughs> endo friends.
1: Do you have any really good best friends that are endodontists?
0: So my uncle is an endodontist. Yeah. And then his son-in-law bought his practice. So he married my cousin. So we're, we're really tight. So a l- lot of dental we work together. In the family. Yeah. I have a uncle who's an orthodontist. Um, and kind of just been around dentistry my whole life. That's cool. So that's what got me interested in it. And then uh, followed my dad's footsteps into oral surgery.
1: So if you were to give any advice to like up, up and coming dental students with this path in mind, is there anything that you would say that you would do differently or uh, would you don't do more it. of?
0: Don't go into oral surgery. Really? And if my words... Don't convince you, and you still want to do oral surgery, Doctor Jason. Then do <laughs> then do oral surgery. No, I, I really think it is one of the best specialties in medicine and dentistry combined yeah. out there. Um, for many reasons, you know, there's autonomy. Uh, you get to work with patients. You get to do anesthesia, uh, surgery component. Mm-hmm. If you like blood, getting hands on, you get to do dental school and hospital. Yeah stuff which is nice do we get bored um, are you really like oh
1: another single tooth no i
0: mean i like to be bored at work that means that nothing exciting is happening yeah right it's like oh routine wisdom teeth okay i can handle that yeah i try to avoid the drama or the, like what well i don't know work drama patient drama i just like the people 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 stuff just like the the nice, straightforward cases. Now I'm, I'm definitely going to take on challenging cases because it's, that's what people send to you most of the time is stuff they don't want to do in their office or they're not interested in surgery. So they are say, hey, you know what? There's a great group of guys over here in this practice and we're going to send them the wisdom teeth at the challenging implants or, mm. or whatever. So I like that component. There's always something a little different. Yeah. Because everyone's anatomy is different. Wisdom teeth are like fingerprints. You approach them the same way, but they're always a little different.
1: That's an interesting quote. That was cool. Yeah, thanks. Let's talk about specialties for a second. Let's talk about from the perspective of a hygienist, from a clinician who refers out for certain things. I got this question today. How do you decide who to refer to? And I think you are on the receiving end of these patients. You just said that people refer out the stuff that they don't particularly want to do or know how to do. So in the realm of surgeons, we've got Perio, we've got oral surge, Mm -hmm. and then we've got prostho, which is like the the all in people. And perhaps it's a clear cut. Okay, we don't do these types of prosthetics in our practice. So we're automatically gonna send to prostho for the restorative and maybe implant stuff or not. How do you feel about like if you could give a piece of advice to a referring doc or a referring clinician? Like what do you want? What kind of what kind of work do you want to be referred to? How would how would you recommend someone decide who to send to?
0: I think what would drive someone in wanting to work with an office would just be the relationship, which yeah. is kind of all-encompassing. There's communication, there's trust. Maybe they haven't seen your work before, so there's always that hesitation. Well, let's try this person out a couple of times and then see how not only the doctor performs, but maybe the team that mm-hmm. the doctor uh, has in place. And think if that process goes smooth, ultimately the person referring out just doesn't want a headache mm. or they want to send that patient off knowing that they're just gonna be taken care of. Because yeah. if a patient comes back, so let's say you refer to the guy down the street, or maybe just right next door to you. Sure. And the patient comes back and says, that was amazing. Period. Done. Okay. Great.
1: Expectation met. Yeah. Perfect. And then
0: there's no other, you know, you go about your day. Now it's a, it's a stress-free, you're just taking out wisdom teeth all day. Yeah. But let's say that the patient comes back and says it was a nightmare from the start. And then they spend the next 20 minutes while you're looking at your watch saying, oh gosh, I got to get on to my next patient. Mm. And I I care, but I really kind of don't, don't. (laughs) but they had issues from the front to the back, to the surgery, to the yeah. post-op, communication was horrendous. You had to, you know, type and call that office for letters or sure. x-rays or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like, even though they're, they're convenient, they're right across the hall from me. Well, yeah. the guy three blocks away or four miles away, he just, he does all that stuff better. Mm-hmm. Poor gal. And I'm just going to refer to that, that yeah. place instead.
1: So you're putting it from the, from the perspective of like patient experience, but not skill at all. And I think there's just like
0: skill is part of that. That's part of it too. But you're
1: saying what I'm hearing is that in the, in the, distribution between skill and patient experience. Obviously you're not going to send someone to someone that is incompetent or that you don't agree with their philosophies, but that the patient's experience should also be held and the communication to the office should be held at a high level too. Now what I'm saying is that there's this like in our world, there's this common misconception that oral surgery is like the rough and tumble kind of um, specialty. Heavy handed. Right, that there's, and, and I think we see it on Instagram too. Like there are some that are, are, are perhaps a little bit more delicate in their approaches, but there's also the like, how fast can I inject this like entire carpiole? How quick can I remove this tooth? How, and there is this like, this uh, masculinity surrounding you're, the specialty. You're pulling out your tape
0: measure and you're trying to... <laughs>
1: I didn't say that, scale. but it's just I, there is this like connotation competition. around it. I think there's always this and competition. And then, and then there's on the perio side, it's a very more finesse focused, even if you just look at a variety of periodontists. I'll link a whole bunch below. I'm going to link like five oral surgery Instagram accounts and then five perio Instagram okay. accounts. I probably know all of them. I, I'm going to do it on purpose that you know all of them. And, and I love
0: and respect all of them that uh, are we
1: but I, you definitely notice a very different vibe. And I wonder if that changes the way that clinicians refer out because they're like, well, this implant is in a particularly delicate zone. I'm mean, going to refer to my periodontist because it appears as though they're more gentle. Whereas if I send it to oral surgery, is that a thing that you notice? Are you seeing stuff and you're like, oh, I wish I would have been the one to do that?
0: I in my practice I'm so busy that you don't even notice it. It doesn't bother me if someone goes somewhere else. Um, I do see what you're saying though about heavy-handed versus finesse. But I think you can have the best of both worlds. <laughs> I mean, if it's if, if I can get a wisdom tooth out four full bony wisdom teeth out in ten minutes, right? And it looks heavy-handed maybe because I'm working fast, but the quality is the same. Does
1: it matter? Yeah. Does it matter?
0: I mean, I do soft tissue grafts on occasion. I'm not recording them or having the gentle music in the background or the, the, water, a
1: violin. the water
0: flowing over the gingiva and the suction yeah. and the delicate instruments and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get out of soft tissue grafts and I go, man, number one, I respect periodontists that want to do this all day. Number two, I'm, I'm glad I don't do it all day.
1: See, so I'll that's the thing. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah.
0: But yeah, there's, th- you have to have finesse in dentistry. Period.
1: Of course. Sure.
0: And if, if I'm going to take out a tooth, do I really have to spend 30 minutes laying a flap? Right. I don't think you do. I did a lot of stuff in residency. I'm not ashamed of, but we had 80 patients a day. There's one, there's two or three of us seeing those 80 patients in the morning and we would, learning we would take our teeth super quick yeah. and, and, uh, you saw how oh, that looks really ugly. You know, the, 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 soft tissue or the bone, you put stitches in, you know, what? I want to see you in a couple of weeks and they come back you're like, stuff heals really it's fine. well. <laughs> it's just heals really well. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Mm. 10 minutes to lay a, a papilla open. I don't think so. No then shit. Then maybe that's just the no. oral surgeon in me. Yeah. No,
1: that's fine. No, I, and that's, that's a question that and I asked too, is like, who do we refer this to really? when we're sitting in the like chair side with a patient yeah. and we kind of like look at each other and we're like perio, ortho, who does, or perio or, or um, OMFS, like who does, who's this go to? So we're kind of like looking and we're thinking about. And
0: I think, I think it depends yeah. on your doctor and the training. You could take a room of a hundred periodontists and. Ninety-five of them are going to be fantastic, and there's going to be five that just are horrible. Same with a hundred oral yeah. surgeons. Say, in well, any
1: industry, anything,
0: like dentistry, there's, carpentry. There's, there's dentists out yeah. there that I would, if I my number nine fell out, I would go to them in a heartbeat and say, "Yeah, I trust you. You are going to do fantastic." For
1: Canadians, that's your front tooth. That's your one one.
0: Yeah, one one or two one, whatever. Two one. Yeah, your central incisor. Central
1: incisor. This one. Uh, yeah, you're right we have this like ongoing, it's just a dental office that opened up right across the street from my office. Mm-hmm. Um, complete different vibe. Like they're $99 cleanings and free this, free that like advertised in the windows with like the old guy with an apple in his hand, yeah. like just showing how good his <laughs> suction is on his dentures. And my office is like, none of that. Like there's says tooth life studio and there's nothing, there's nobody, nothing else. There's like such a big difference in the, the aesthetic of the practice, which I also believe that that transcends to the work. Um, so like not everyone is going to be everyone's clinician. What's your favorite procedure? Hands down.
0: I just really like doing wisdom teeth.
1: Yeah. you can do wisdom teeth all day long, non-complicated. I would be happy. You would be happy guy. You're so easy to please. Yeah. <laughs> Just the easy guy, please. Just give me some wisdom teeth. I'm fine. Give me some
0: Versed, some ketamine, maybe propofol. And some Ketamine's on the, on
1: the high alert these days. What's happening yeah. in the ketamine world? Why is it so difficult to get?
0: I don't know. I think there was a, uh, a tornado that hit a Pfizer building and caused the, the ketamine shortage.
1: Really? Yeah. Tell me more. How much ketamine do you use?
0: Uh, my typical... How does that work?
1: What's the cocktail? What's the like wisdom teeth, teenaged girl... Drug, not drug not naive, a drug use.
0: Normal weight.
1: Normal weight.
0: 70 kilograms, I think. Are
1: we measuring 80? kilograms here? Okay.
0: We convert it here. Convert it. But, okay. Uh, Got it. Just, just the average teenage... That's like 130 Teenage pounds. male or female that comes in the office, I am going to give them up front five milligrams of Versid. Okay. Considering healthy and vitals are good. Yep. And 0.4 milligrams of atropine. Okay. People ask me, why atropine? Yeah, why atropine? Because... In a few minutes, I'm going to give ketamine. Ketamine makes people salivate Mm. like crazy. I like ketamine because it kind of separates your mind from your body. Get this open-eyed stare. Patients have no idea what's going on, but it's good because it keeps your airway open. Yeah. And because they're in this this nice state, then you can get the wisdom to that pretty quick.
1: Yeah. And you can see their pupils. Mm Mm-hmm. Just observe them well.
0: It's so I'll do the versedine atropine. I wait for just one minute or maybe until the patient starts getting relaxed or a little sleepy. And then that's when I give them the ketamine. It takes forever in my mind to wait for that 60 seconds to give the ketamine. Because surgeons are inherently impatient. Right. right. So once I give that, wait another 10, 15 seconds and then they're gone. I'll also give some Zofran, which is for nausea and some decadron for swelling and post-op Pain nausea, management. vomiting, management. Yeah.
1: Cool. That's cool.
0: And usually the wisdom teeth are out in 15 minutes or less and suturing up and then tap them on the shoulder. And they say, when are we going to start?
1: No way. Yeah, most people a common like, thing?
0: we're done already. And they ask that six or seven more How times. How long does it
1: take for the effects of all of those drugs? Depends on the person. To wear off.
0: So, I mean, usually I'll tell them, don't do anything for 24 hours. Go home, just sleep it off. Yeah. Um, some people wake up and they're good to go, like their body just metabolizes it.
1: Like twenty minutes, it's all gone.
0: Yeah, such a low dose. Well, I mean, dose. it's still in their body, sure, but, but their, their consciousness, their state is like, "I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I could probably drive home." Now we don't let them, obviously. No. Uh, some people wake up super tired. You have to yeah. keep snapping at them. Come on, keep your eyes open. Let's go. Some people wake up YouTube material, the yeah. goofy ones. That's when the parents get their cameras out. Yeah, yeah. And then others are super emotional crying and you're like why are you crying and the I patient know. says I, i'm crying i have no idea and then we get them calmed down and you bring the parents back and they see the parents and they start crying again and the parents start freaking out why is he crying would you hurt my my kids it like, no it's just normal they're, uh, they're gonna be emotional and yeah and it's some somewhat funny and but, you know some parents
1: That was me. I was the between funny and crying. I would, I just thanked everyone profusely. I was just so grateful. Like, thank you so much. And then I they're just happy because you know
0: when you're young, you're like, oh, I gotta go get my wisdom teeth. That's kind of nerve wracking. We see a lot of first timers. Yeah. No anesthesia before. Yeah. So they don't know what to expect. A lot of anxiety, nervousness.
1: Do you use uh, these types of drugs when placing implants? Yep. Yeah. Where do you like cross the line? I guess it depends on what the patient wants or needs. But if you're doing a single tooth or uh, a few, dropping a few on a whole arch for like a denture supported implant.
0: It's all about patient comfort for us. So we usually give them the option, unless there's some medical issues that we don't want to mess with. Uh, For the most part that we give the patient the option. Yeah. Awake or asleep. They'll say, "Oh, I can do it awake. I'm not nervous. Uh, if it's a little bit bigger procedure, like
1: Longer. taking
0: out all the teeth or a little bit more involved to say, well, you need to be asleep. Some yes. patients are like, well, I want to be awake for my wisdom teeth, but it's, it's totally sideways. It's deep in the bone. It's next to the nerve. Like you're just going to be better off going to sleep. So yeah, we're just going to do it that way.
1: This is what I want. I'm trying to
0: talk them into want. that. Yeah, but you, There's you no ta- breaks. Most patients are pretty rational. You talk to them about the pros, yeah. cons and the benefits and they're like okay i see where you're coming from and yeah or we just talked about the procedure i have to cut open your gums that's pretty open up your two like I got a drill in the bone there's lots of vibration water it's next to a, you know the main nerve branch so or nerve trunk you're...
1: you tell them all of this
0: yeah it seems like it's trying like to lead them, down the...
1: lead them down to the yeah. decision make it feel like their are, idea so
0: we, we have a lot of Boeing people around us engineers and they just want to know What's the pitch thread on your implants? What's the mm, torque? No way. What's the material? Yeah. That's how do you cool. approach the wisdom? How do you take it out? And I say, well, just go watch my Instagram. <laughs> There's lots of stuff Follow on there. And
1: like <laughs> Follow and like for
0: more. Follow and like for more. You see how it's done on the West Coast. And-
1: yeah. Better than the East Coast? Do you believe <laughs> yeah. you are a better surgeon than Bloody Tooth Guy? Oh. <gasps> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not true don't worry Jason we love you not, that's not no, a question I was actually going to say uh, that's going to be the trailer for much this much love
0: and respect
1: that's gonna for, be much,
0: for Bloody that's, Tooth that's Guy that's going to be I a, think we're very very skilled at what we do yeah. what's nice about oral surgeons for the most part is you come out of residency having done and seen a lot yeah so it's not not a lot of on the job training now with that said you go to CE and you learn yeah. finesse stuff and sure so am i my different, and than you do I, the
1: reps. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the thing. Is it takes the time, it takes the reps, it takes the, you know, learning opportunities.
0: The day is the idea is just them. being better every day.
1: Yeah, one so percent. I'm better, one percent better today. today than
0: I was ten years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about uh, what we were talking about today. Let's, let's give the hygienists some love. Sure. Let's talk about um, implant failures. So today we kind of talked about made it pretty simple in the sense of early failures versus late failures, mm-hmm. uh, failures due to bacteria and then failures due to traumatic occlusion or occlusion kind of splitting them up into two just to give people, uh, something to look for. Um, how do you feel about that communication that's required between the clinical team that's doing the implants and everyone that was in here today, none of them place implants. They all send them to you. Right. Like every, every office that was in, in presence today. And there seemed to be this like question of like, well, what do I do? How do I, where, where, where do I fall as a hygienist in this like very detailed and specific patient care and patient management protocol? How involved do I need to be? And what do I do? And some of them feel like, kind of powerless almost like they're not part of the restorative or they're not part of the placement strategy. And then it falls on us to like maintain stuff. You know, patient comes and sees us every three months and we're just like, I don't know. I didn't place this implant. I didn't didn't put the
0: crown on it. Why am I taking uh, care of it?
1: And you know, many of them today didn't know the difference between a bone level implant or a gingival level implant or that there's even a design difference or the difference between a machine finish, not a machine finish, rough finish. Um,
0: We rarely place anything on. Tapered. Yeah. It's all bone level. That's probably why they don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, no. I I think it's just like we're not taught this stuff in school. And the implant maintenance quote unquote protocols that are out there are all based on someone like me up in the front of a class telling them what they did, which may not be the right thing. There's a
0: wide variance. Yeah,
1: huge variance. So if advice wise, what do you say? Like... How do you? How would how would you approach something like that if, if if you wanted to be part of someone's like you know?
0: Well, I mean, I think for the most part, at least I try to say this. If, if a hygienist wants to come in and watch a procedure, they're more than welcome. That'd be cool to do that. Um, again, you can watch Instagram and stuff, but there's only so much you can glean from short clips yeah. on on Instagram or videos. I think the the biggest part or hygienists, probably patient education. If they want to have a part in that, because they're not really going to tell the dentist how to do the restoration. Sure. They're not going to tell me how to place the implant. Although they probably see some implants and go, oh, man, I would have done it this way, you know? Um,
1: and that'd be pretty bad for someone to say that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, not everyone, we're okay. humans. So I think everyone's had a their bad implant placement right. or, or horrible failure. Um, but I, I think in our practice, we try to get people as involved yeah. as much as they want to be involved. Um, I've done a few implants for some of the hygienists who were here today. Um, actually, one of my implants failed.
1: On and, her? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Do you know why?
0: <laughs> um,
1: early no. or late?
0: It was early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of at the the, the torque test. Yeah. I think... So I've changed the way I've done my... Uh, custom healing abutments. Okay. So I took the tooth out. I did an immediate implant. I bone grafted and I did a custom.
1: Molar or premolar? It was a molar. Molar. Max, man.
0: And the maxilla. And then three months later you go and torque test the implant falls out and you're like, oh shoot, you know, it's a popular practice that refers to us a lot. She's totally cool with it. It happens. Regrafted. We're going to replace it soon. But I think, and again, this is just totally from left field. Cause I don't know if it's true or not, but when I was making my tissue formers back in the day, I would polish them and stuff and mm. I'd clean them off a little bit, but I wasn't. Debris? Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something there. I mean, yeah. It's clean, but is it? I don't know. Right. Maybe it was the extraction site just had a little bit of.
1: Infection. Infection or?
0: still left in there. Maybe the bone just wasn't there. Yeah. So maybe you got too close to the sinus and there's some sinus issues or.
1: Yeah. And then what? So, what'd you say? What'd you do? You re- so, you re- I mean, yeah, everyone cries. She when cried? You, no, no,
0: no one cries. <laughs> you Only cry the implant inside. When you yeah. tap it. It's <laughs> the implant. The implant cries when you pull it. So, yeah, I say, oh, shoot. Say, well, your implant didn't work. Uh, Try to downplay it. It's in patients are always like, well, what did I do wrong? It's like, yeah. you didn't do anything wrong.
1: You sneezed. You and sneezed as while long you were as asleep.
0: It, if it was your implant, you didn't do anything wrong either. This, I didn't do anything wrong. The patient did anything wrong. If it's another person's implant,
1: they did something wrong.
0: You, you blame the nurse. No, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not well, my implant. Well,
1: let me show no. you on the X-rays.
0: I, I try not to do that.
1: Yeah,
0: I uh, say so, you know it's, implants just don't work sometimes. So we track all of the implants we place in the practice, and we have like a one and a half, one maybe uh, between one and a half two percent non-integration rate failure
1: Fail. <laughs> failure, which is pretty standard.
0: I think it's pretty standard yeah,
1: across the 1. board. Yeah, 1.52% between the first, the first and three, years. three months of
0: placing. No, first three first months of three placing. Or first three months of placing, yeah. Uh, that number drops quite a bit from the one to three year mark. Right. Uh, it's pretty uncommon we get a, a an implant that fails after the crown has been on.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it's usually going to fail crown. within that first yeah. year
0: of being restored. But right. we don't see those very often. I would say we're Definitely less than 1% on those. That's good. Um, But you tell the patient, you didn't do anything wrong. I don't think we did anything wrong. You look at the x-ray, just sometimes this happens. Yeah. Healing has to happen from step A to Z and we got to D and you decided not to heal right. Your
1: body didn't want to integrate.
0: So we don't charge patients for the next steps. We'll take the implant out, either replace it with a, maybe a longer or a larger implant or we re-bone graft, let it heal and then come back and replace it. Yeah. My saying is, you don't have to pay me, but we're just going to be friends longer.
1: Mm. That's it. That's funny. Um, what do you, last two couple of questions here. What do you recommend that clinicians do when they start to notice signs of inflammation or redness in the tissue? So like early signs of mucositis, no bone loss, radiographically noted. Or visible. I, I want to be
0: known, made known about that as soon as possible.
1: So do you, and that's a thing. Another thing is like, when do we send patients back to whom placed it? My philosophy is if I see something that doesn't look like it should look like.
0: Send it right back right away. Then send it back right away.
1: Is that how you feel too?
0: I feel that way too. So sometimes it's something that is easily solvable. So we do a lot of strawman implants. We'll place the wide body implant and yeah. we'll place on a regular body slash wide body healing abutment. It gets a little confusing, but that connection is a little bit more narrow. Yeah. The dentist, and, and it looks totally fine. We send that out to the dentist and either the dentist or the lab look at the implant size and say, oh, it's a wide body. We're going to make a wide, wide body, body healing abutment, abutment even yeah. though there's a regular body or a wide body um, restorative abutment even though there's a regular body healing abutment. So now there's a narrow platform healing abutment and then the dentist takes that off and tries to put a wide body restoration it there fit. says number one it's not fitting or they they crank Force it in it. there and now there's swelling and inflammation and it's like oh it hurts we get the patient back and we say okay that's something we can solve you got to take the crown off you got to put the normal or the regular body healing bummy back on and then that's got to go back to the lab to get fixed but what's your
1: philosophy on why you do that why is that your depth of placement yeah
0: so, so how
1: deep are you placing? Are you a, trying to go like one to two millimeters below?
0: It depends on the thickness of the tissue at the crest.
1: So if you have a thin biotype.
0: Let's say it's thin. I make my incision. I open the gums and I see, oh, I only have a one millimeter thickness of tissue here. What's biologic width? Three, four Three, millimeters. Yeah. So if I place that implant at the crest, bone level... I only have one millimeter of soft tissue. What's the soft tissue going to do? It's going to want to establish. So you're going to get bone loss around your implant because the body wants three to four millimeters. So in that case, if I have a one millimeter thickness of crestal tissue, I'm going to place my implant two or three three. millimeters subcrestal and either haul that out or do some kind of grafting or something to thicken that tissue out or just let the body naturally do it. And it'll get down to the threads; it'll stop. So sometimes, in the posterior, it's really just the healing abutment design. And if Strahman's watching this, I've asked several times: the wide body, the wide body only comes with a gingival height of 1.5. That's not enough. So if I place my implant two millimeters below the crest, I have to use a regular body healing abutment because it has. Uh, 1.5, 2.5, 3.5 heights to get up to the, the proper biologic width.
1: And does that go and in like a letter or something? Does that go into a? I mean, then that's very considerate of you for the restorative dentist. Yes,
0: yeah, so and we try to communicate that. We've gotten much better with our communications.
1: You need to, like, all these
0: nuances you find out when yeah. you use a new system and a new implant comes out, and and it goes back to that communication thing. So, oh. recently we had a dentist and a patient come in and. I was like, oh, well, this is why. Was it not in your letter? We looked at her. I looked at the letters like, oh, I mean, it's there, but it doesn't really like folded." Scream. scream. I placed this, so you need to do this. And tell the lab to do that. Well, the information on there, all the sizes and shapes. But if you're, if you're a busy dentist, I mean, I'm not going to
1: like Sometimes we fingers. miss those yeah. letters altogether.
0: So we have changed, so we send stuff to the lab because we scan a lot of implants for our dentists. Um, But we send that to the lab, saying this is the healing moment, Make the crown with this type of healing or final vario base or or whatever. So now we just recently switched our letter to the dentist because again, it's just about communication. Mm. Yeah. And I would hope if you're if you're a dentist and you're trying to work with a practice and you've heard good things and maybe the first experience wasn't as bad or wasn't as great, just reach out to that that yeah. specialist and say, hey, you know, I. I Wanna work with you guys or I'm trying, but you know, I, I noticed this. And we are first, I think in my opinion, to jump on and say, Well, let's make it better for you. You know, we, we have lots of dental options that we we customize. We customize yeah, yeah, our, our yeah. treatment sure. towards how they want us to to treat communicate. them. Communicate. Yeah. Or That's communicate good.
1: or so so we've we've moved on from mucositis to peri implantitis. Now we have extension into the bone. What's your what? Do you, what is your misery. first misery? Yeah. What is your first step to achieving healing? And when is when is it time to do something f- surgical? To
0: fish or cut bait, yeah. type of Thing. Um, yeah, you have a, a number one. You involve the patient in the decision making. Say, well, we could do this. You could go in there. There's some really good practitioners out there. At least what they post on Instagram makes sure. them look really good. You know, is that always the case? I don't know. Um, but they'll they'll open up the site, take the crown off, clean up around the implant, uh, titanium burrs, all the granula- granulation tissues gone, good bleeding bone. Then you treat it with like EDTA or acid yeah. or whatever people are some treating. sort of know, acidic. Some gem, whatever, Gem 21 or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, there's all sorts of materials out there. And then they'll bone graft, they'll cover it, and then you get a they usually show a PA and not, they don't reopen the site and show right. you what the site looks like, but they'll show you a PA. It says, Oh, this bone looks fantastic. Yeah. Or you have two millimeters of bone going and then then the, the implant has to come out. So yeah. you tell a patient, we could do this, try to bone graft around. it. maybe not going to be as successful, but maybe it will be. Or we just take the implant out and start over again.
1: And how often do you see the ladder, the taking the, bone graft out or taking the implant out uh, with the in implants com- in comparison. that we place,
0: not very often. Um, but that, that we definitely see it. There's some peri Also depends. Sometimes you get a, an implant from a clinician or an x-ray and they say, Hey, there's like three millimeters of um, thread showing on this implant. Maybe the implant is 10 years old and it's an x-ray from yesterday. Like, well, show me the x-ray from five years ago.
1: Yeah. And, and it hasn't the changed.
0: Exact same. Well, I'd say that's a stable process. Yeah. You know, maybe it's an older implant or we weren't following that. The zero bone loss. I don't know if I can say that on camera, the the proper height or depth right, to place depth an implant. <laughs> um, so. Or just, it was,
1: or it was like my mom's implant placed by the very first implant placed by a general dentist in a strip mall plaza.
0: I could tell you Why? I was looking at those X-rays, saying, "I, I know why." I should just
1: send you all of them.
0: I know, I, I know why those implants are failing. So again, your, the bone height was right here. Yeah. The implant was right here, but if you looked at the thickness of the soft tissue, yeah, it was like this. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah. The body wanted to get that biologic width. Now you have exposed implant threads, food trap, yeah. short, squatty, short,
1: stubby teeth,
0: tomato on a stick crowns. Just because the depth and she now, there's has, plenty she has of room no
1: teeth opposing on the opposite side now for the last five years.
0: I think those implants would have been success if that dentist placed those implants two or three millimeters deeper Mm -hmm. and then had a better emergence profile in those crowns.
1: Yeah. So now we're in the, you know, you live and you learn. Live and learn. Unfortunately. Cool. Um, I'd like to end off the show with uh, a couple of hot questions. Okay. You in?
0: Hot questions.
1: Hot questions from the card box.
0: Oh, card box questions. Card Uh-oh. Box questions. Do you I get to two. pick?
1: Yeah, you pick. You get to pick. This and is, then you have to, is this a you game? To, it's a game. You have to like, you pick a card, you read it aloud, okay. staring right at the camera.
0: Got it.
1: You can sit back a little bit. You're very, there we go. Um, so pick pick your card.
0: You like lifted one up. You want me to take
1: that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> You can't even pick a card. That's how. That's how stubby those fingers are. Like all those recounts. <laughs> or for all those wisdom teeth.
0: My fingers aren't that stubby. What's to say? How are your political opinions changing? <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot mess card, huh? <laughs> In today's climate.
1: We reuse those cards. All right. What's the answer?
0: Um, I'm very. Pro limited government.
1: I don't know what that means. I'm Canadian, so you have to really spell out what's happening on the U.S. Um, front for me. With the, the, well, let's talk about let's
0: talk about Justin Trudeau a little bit.
1: Oh, his most recent Nazi scandal. Did you see that? How did you not do <laughs> your due diligence, bro? Like um, we do more due diligence when we hire a receptionist that works at our office. I know you didn't like.
0: I think I think most politicians. When they, they rely get too a much little on... bit of power, they want more. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm just limited government. I don't think, you need some government for sure. Yeah. But does a, gov- does a government entity have to control every aspect of your life? Absolutely not. Yeah. So taxation is theft, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And we're taxed in America, at least I'm thinking Canada too, on everything. You wake right. up in the morning with your alarm clock and you're charging your phone, you're paying taxes on the electricity. Right. You go use your water, you're paying taxes on the water.
1: Yep.
0: You're paying taxes on the money your business brings in. You pay yourself, you're paying taxes on that.
1: And you spend that money grocery shopping. You, you pay spend taxes the taxes on, on that. the
0: gas, the food, the roads you are driving on that you're already paying taxes on have a toll, which is a tax. You just don't need that much government involved. And anytime government gets involved, it makes things less efficient. And ultimately, the people who are in charge of it suffer. So in, in Washington State, Seattle, specifically, they try to solve the homeless problem. Lots of big cities have been trying to solve homelessness for 20 years. And there's many multi-millionaires who have been created out of this homelessness problem. Hmm. I think Washington, Seattle has 350 people working on this. and They're all making salaries, six-figure salaries. But why would they want to fix it when they would work themselves out of a job.
1: Right. So, and their fixes like in Toronto, we have a a ton of homelessness, obviously what biggest one of the, arguably the biggest, it is the biggest city in in Canada um, per capita. So now the, the solution is to move people out of our city is to move them into like smaller communities that don't have the infrastructure Don't have grocery stores, don't have schools, don't have hospitals, barely have a doctor for the people that live there. It's just like ship people out to these other rural areas and create more problems in other places. And then, you know, now it's like, oh, cool. Well, we need to develop these areas. So the developers are getting a ton of money because they're now putting in new homes in these areas. They're getting government contracts to put in new buildings. It's like, are we ever really going to solve this quote unquote homeless problem if everyone is making a ton of money? instead of putting the resources into like the facilities that help people identify, is it systemic health issues that is making them homeless? Is it mental health issues? Do they need therapy for drug abuse or over abuse or whatever the fancy words are saying, like putting that, investing that money into the actual homeless people to develop those people to do change their lives instead of like, let's just pay Joe, the contractor over there to put in 15 subdivisions. All right. Deep question. Last one.
0: Last deep question.
1: Last deep question.
0: Are you more attracted to a nomadic or settled life? Definitely settled. <laughs> <laughs> what not, kind
1: of question is that?
0: I don't know. Do you want to do another card? Um, <laughs> settled. I mean.
1: So, okay. I, I do want to do another card. I like but to I also, travel. But I also want to. So this is, this doesn't mean are you. Are you currently happy in the life that you're living? This is this is like a what's more appealing. Settled. Yeah. Because you have a settled life. But yeah. but do you ever wonder? So I yeah. just read a book. I read a book called The Midnight Library okay. by this guy named Matt Something Something. And the concept of the book is that this woman passes away. She finds herself in this library, this library of all of the books that are written based on other lives she would have lived had she changed a decision. Interesting. And there's one main book and it's called the book of regrets. So she gets to flip through this book of regrets, almost like a, you know, a thesaurus or a whatever. Um, what do you call it? Not a thesaurus, like a table of contents almost. And she gets to flip through this regret and then read the book. Had she changed the regret, almost like a choose your own adventure. Kind right. of book. And then she gets to go live that life. But that life has an expiration date unless she chooses it. So let's say whatever, marry a different person or whatever, backpack through Europe when you were 17. If she doesn't love that life, she gets pulled right back into the midnight library and has to mm-hmm. make another decision for a different life. So this is what this card is asking. It's Got asking it. not, are you happy in the life that you live now? Is If if, if you were it, to
0: die, how big would your book of regrets be?
1: Mine would be pretty. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gosh, I, I finished residency and I was like, I should buy some stock, you know, like invest. Bitcoin? No, I, I was never really into the Bitcoin. I no. mean, sure, everyone wants to sure. get into Bitcoin when right. it was worth.
1: I mean, at that point, you could have bought Apple cents. and still been laughing.
0: But I remember looking and going, oh, this is kind of an expensive stock. And it was $50 a share for Amazon.
1: Oh, man.
0: And I was like, I had the money.
1: 50 bucks. It's like,
0: ah, oh, you know, it was brand new yeah. to investing. I was like, ah, oh, 50 bucks a share. I mean, I probably could have bought, I don't know. What's it at now? Like $3,000. <laughs> it's the same with Chipotle. Yeah. You know, Chipotle just like sure. 3000 or yeah. any, any kind of stuff. So the, yeah. the, the lesson there is just invest early, invest often. That's all.
1: And the nomadic life is not very but, attractive. Settled is better.
0: I don't know. Sometimes you, you, I, you're scrolling through social yeah. media and you're like, oh, these, these two people and their four kids yeah. Just sold everything. They bought a bus. They yeah. renovated it. They just travel around homeschooling. And I mean, part of me is like, oh, that's cool. I know. But
1: it is very cool. But then I
0: think of like the RV life. Like you got to go. Not over
1: to shower. And uh, like empty well, they have the, showers. They and, like yeah, but you like plug thing. in
0: your toilet and like yeah. empty it out. It's like, I just. I think that's automated my house. now. I just want to flush, yeah. you know. And,
1: Sleep in a sweet bed. Yeah. yeah. All right. You offered a third card. So we're still okay. going to do it. Last card.
0: I don't know if that nomadic one was.
1: Yeah. take photos of these ones because I feel like those <laughs>
0: <laughs> in what ways has life treated you unfairly
1: oh hmm.
0: I'm kind of an eternally optimistic person so don't look at like regrets or that's unfair that's not a
1: regret it's just like a just
0: like maybe I was thrown
1: a bone in the wrong direction
0: in what ways has life treated me unfair I wasn't Six five, and really good at basketball. I could be in the NBA right now.
1: Do you like basketball?
0: Kind of. I did it until the Sonics got moved out of Seattle like 15 years ago. <laughs> I haven't <know> <laughs> really watched the NBA since. Like
1: Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, who, who is this?
0: No, but it's not, it's not like my dream to be a professional sports player. So no. life, unfairly. I don't know. I don't think I've You're been pretty, given.
1: You've been get dealt a pretty good, good hand.
0: I think I have. Yeah. Again, maybe that's just the eternal like optimist grateful for what you got attitude that or I have. Or is
1: it that you have so many good things that like the things that have been unfair are just so minim- minimally important.
0: Yeah. And like, or okay, like unfair, like, oh, that asshole doable, stole my parking spot. Right? Or like, it's just, it's,
1: TSA made me open my suitcase because they thought I would, like, yeah. anytime I travel with all of this podcast equipment, it takes me an hour to get through security. Because you have a... Because everything it is like electronics. looks like a bomb. Everything. So then they make me pull it all apart. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is an unfairity. Someone gets to travel with their, like, full-size toothpaste, doesn't get pulled aside. And I'm, like, right. doing the right thing. That's unfair. I don't know. But I guess you've had so many good things happen that the seemingly small, unfair things are just not as important. Yeah. That's good. Good perspective. Thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I have one more thing. One more question. Can
0: you put the gun away now?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Are you a football fan? Can we just take one moment to talk about Taylor Swift? (laughs) Okay, let me tell you.
0: Who's Taylor Swift?
1: Who's this guy she's dating? this like football player that nobody knew about and now all of a sudden he's <laughs> just like he's just this like okay. he like well, literally he, like like made him famous i know where you're going with this famous.
0: i know it was okay so this reminds me of the the meme that came out a few years ago with what travis scott was singing a song
1: who's that oh that's the guy he's that was like with the, the kardashian girl
0: uh, he's like the rapper guy. oh
1: wait travis scott yeah yeah, yeah. He, who you know, did he date
0: i don't remember who he dated okay i don't follow i'm not i'm not really into that Pop culture. culture. I don't watch the Kardashians.
1: I think so wait, of, so you knew who this guy was from the beginning?
0: I knew Travis Scott was because my kids listen to his music, okay. right? And then he had like a Fortnite video and he was very popular. I think a lot of his music is auto-tuned. So I don't okay. know how good he is without auto-tuning, but um, he's singing this song and... He's got his co-singer. They're like singing together. It's a duet. And the other singer is Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Super popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from the 70s. Rock legend. And all the kids, the younger kids are like, oh, Travis Scott is putting Ozzy Osbourne on the map. Like, <laughs>
1: Fuck. He saw what I was uh, doing he, with it. I know. Damn. I've seen, <laughs> I was going to turn this into a meme. I've seen other social media. I was hoping you'd be disappointed with me and be like, I, Irene.
0: I watch Barstool Sports. Oh, and they've already tried damn. this a bunch.
1: All right. I tried. It's a the whole point girl. was she
0: was trying to get me to say, Kelsey was popular before Taylor <laughs> Swift. People knew who the chiefs were.
1: Meme gone wrong. It's all good.
0: I, I I know too much. Yeah. So my sister-in-law tried to do this to me. Oh, she did? Not this, This, Same but thing. a sim- similar thing. She. It's a water balloon. Yeah. And you have a bunch of balloons with air in them. Yeah. And you throw them up in the air and say so try to pop it with a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you throw throwing up and oh, you try to you stab can it. You
1: obviously see when there's <clears> water in a water balloon. But It's if just, it's fast, it's, you're from sure. like far
0: away and you're like, Throw it up, and then you throw the yeah, water yeah, yeah. balloon and they and it pops on them. So uh,
1: right, she tried yeah.
0: to do that to me, and when she threw it at me, I caught it, and then I popped it on her. Oh,
1: all right. Well, my meme went wrong. Anyways, we're ending it now without the exciting ending to it. I'm gonna see you at Dia, right?
0: Yeah, Dia is in April what 2024. Uh, it's a little brainchild of a few of us a few years ago. A few years ago. And it stands for Dental Influencers Alliance. Yeah. You don't really have to be an influencer. No. We try to get people out who do influence the way people think uh, or act or treat in a good way. It's all positive. All Um, love. And uh, we have a really great speaker lineup and after parties. So You get to see all of your... Instagram friends. Again, you don't have to be part of Instagram or yeah, yeah. social media to come to it. But a lot of people that do come follow each other yeah. on Instagram. Um, that's kind of how it started because of that relationship and they show up and have a ton of fun.
1: I'll be there. Hang out. That Sprint Ray party last, last year, Ooh. the year before that was lit. Yeah. That was a good party. The Sprint Ray one. We
0: had the uh, DJ from Outcast. Yeah. And he was, he was we so good. Roof, rooftop and so good.
1: And where is it this year?
0: Dallas. Dallas.
1: So not in a hot have, Atlanta.
0: We have the cowboy theme going on, so bring your cowboy hat. I have a cowboy hat. I just came back from
1: Nashville. I just bought a bunch of stuff in Nashville. Do you have boots? I have boots. I bought a boots. I bought a boots. I bought boots and a hat. It's going to be good. I have an outfit already planned. I have a belt
0: buckle. I don't have boots yet because I feel like I want want to buy them them in Dallas. You're
1: going to have sore feet if you do that, though, because boots need working in.
0: There's a couple, I've talked to a few oral surgeons who trained down in Parkland and stuff. And they said, if you buy this, the, if you buy boots by this brand. brand, and I can't remember what it is. So I got to, got to hit people up and say, Hey, well, mm. what store do I go to? What yeah, boots? Got Point, it. So pointy or square toed boots? I
1: do a middle in the middle ground. Okay.
0: A little rounded. You know who you should ask? I you like should square. ask,
1: um, what is his name? Uh, they practice in Arizona you just must- Yuma. Ness. Ness. Dr. Ness. You yeah. should ask Ness because he wears cowboy boots yeah, when he I works.
0: Know. I know. They're he very also, He also
1: wears my scrub caps just so everyone oh, knows. So do I. I know. I have, like the, I have the best core group of oral surgeons wearing my scrub caps. You don't know how proud I am. I am so proud when you guys wear them. <sighs> And then do amazing work. And it's not so much because it's my scrub cap. It's just because I know that I'm in the room of like amazing <laughs> dentistry happening. Your
0: aura is there.
1: Yeah. It's just like, look at my people. Nice. These I are like my it. humans. I was really
0: sad. A button came off of one of yours the other day. Oh no. But it's been used for years. And <laughs> I can easily sew it back on. Did you get on, all the
1: ones that I sent you last time I was here? Yeah. Okay, they black good. ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Is it blue? What's the one that fell off?
0: Black. Um, it might've been the navy blue one. Little four o, you know. Just gotta find the time. I can't
1: sew, but I can suture. All right, thank you. The end. You're welcome. Bye. Amazing. Bye. Peace out, peeps. Oh, hey! So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around and I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future from my team to yours. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.